big things that I think is going on right now is there's a book that's coming out. And I think most people know that I've, I've learned to love to read over the last few years. Um, and is there, is there any books that you're interested in, perhaps? I think there's a book of John Bolton. Now, I'm gonna, I'm blanking right now. Who was John Bolton? John Bolton was the national security advisor that filled in after Michael Flynn. Yes. So okay. you went Michael Flynn. Um, Who got in a little bit of trouble. Just, just, a, just a smidge. Um, and then you had um, Admiral McMaster. Oh, I forgot about him. Correct. There's, there's, just, there's a lot of people. Uh, and so then after Admiral McMaster said, I've had enough of this. Uh, and then John Bolton filled it. And then John Bolton is actually one that most people felt was super extreme. Like, he was the guy that was way far right, like, wanting to attack Iran. Had a lot of history with uh, President Bush. Uh, both President Bushes, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bolton is now going to have coming out with a book that has a lot of conversations. Now, Trump's main... Why do you want to read the book so much? Let's say I that. mean, here's the thing. Anyone who's ever worked for the White House for a period of time always writes a book. I mean, it's very similar to how, like, you know, after, like coaches, like college coaches or professional coaches, they always write a book when they're done. Like, you mm-hmm. expect, like, famous people to write their memoirs or autobiographies. Right. And we talk about with this with presidents, like, after you're president, that's the last job you'll ever have. Yeah. And you really don't get paid that much. And for the people that aren't independently wealthy when they become president, like, a lot of times they write a book. And we, I tell a story all the time about how General Grant, like, kind of set the standard for those mm-hmm. memoirs, writing his when he was dying. And so, you know, John Bolton writing this book is he's going to write about his his experiences at the White House. Um, and I think President Trump had to know going in when he starts, like, firing all these people or having these people resign that some of these individuals are going to write a book. Now, when you are at that level that John Bolton was at, your book has to pass a test. It has to the Department of Justice, the background information. You have to make sure there's no classified information within the text. And the DOJ has basically come out and said... Nope, like a good portion of this book is classified information. But a lot of that is based on Trump's new claim that any conversation with the president is classified. And I've never heard that before. That's just, I mean, it's, it's almost like he's, he's saying executive privilege applies to all. Yes. When it, again, classified information is the only thing that's, is what deems, what we deem as classified information is not just a normal, you know, day-to-day conversation where you expect President Trump to blow up on his staff or get angry at his staff, right. which he probably has done in private, like every uh, other president has done. I've, I've read a few things that he, uh, he tends to blow up from time to time. And every president has done that. Sure. And every president has their quirks about him, but like now with President Trump and his image that he likes to have, now that stuff's going to be public. And now it's going to be public from someone that he very early on in John Bolton's time as during that in that White House was a President Trump ally. And right. now this is going to be, it could be a bad look for President Trump. No, and, and I think the one thing with classified too, before we kind of let this story go, is classified is not a binary state. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like one of the things that we're, we're starting to learn about, like maybe ra- the term racism. It's not just a binary state. It's a spectrum. And so there's lots of different levels of things being classified. Um, Oh, man. I think, yeah, I think this one has definitely got a lot more teeth to it uh, than, like, the Fire and Fury book and a few other ones that have come out. Um, but, no, like you said, most people are going to write a book. Like, I read Ben Rhodes' book after the eight years with Obama, and it gives you a more of an insider mm-hmm. view. And most presidents kind of like that on the grander scheme because at least people know how things really happened. But this one, um, this one's got a little more teeth to it. Oh, yeah. So let's, uh, let's pause there on that story. 
So one of the branches of government that we've spent a ton of time on in class is the Supreme Court, and they have been highly active this week. Super in the news. It's almost uh, like they just came out of nowhere and be like, hey, we're going to decide, we're going to decide well, a bunch that, of really I, monumental cases. But that's kind of what happens every year. So yeah. as you guys get older, you'll see that June is really the month for all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's what happened with the Burgerfell first Hodges years ago. Uh, and it was just, it was a big week. Uh, one of which Josh Hawley, a Republican senator, um, said it was one of the most disappointing weeks he'd ever remembered in Supreme Court history, uh, which Peter, Pete Buttigieg came back with very quickly on Twitter uh, with some very smart remarks. I'll there just say go. that, and we'll let you guys That's look those right up. There. That's your um, point But the two, the two of them had a very good, interesting back and forth, if 100%. you will. I, so let's talk about what they did, though. Well, and I, I think, to we're I think a lot of people are shocked by a lot of these decisions because right now, if you're looking at it just at the Supreme Court, you see a more conservative Supreme Court. Like, that's what you're seeing. But some of these decisions were a 6-3 decision. It was it was very, where you have Gorsuch, who was a very controversial candidate, a controversial judge when he got appointed. Um, and he sided with the liberals. The, you know, more liberal judges are on this one. Yes. All right, so that first case when we are talking about, we are talking about where you're like, you cannot get fired no longer for being gay, for being coming out as homosexual. Like, yes. That's huge. And you got to think this is 2020, and now we actually have a rule stating that, like, no, you cannot do this. Right. And a lot of conservatives didn't think, A, the court was going to take it, or it would be, you know, a 5-4 decision the other way. And Gorsuch flipped and yeah. went on the other side, which so made have, a stronger 6-3 decision. So there's two things. There's two Republican-appointed justices uh, sided with the democratically appointed justices here because one of the biggest things that you've, you've heard is like they, a lot of advocates have come out and said this is bigger, uh, for sexual equality than the same sex marriage ruling. Mm -hmm. Because what a lot of people had said is that you could be married on Sunday and then fired on Monday. Yeah. Uh, and now this kind of alleviates that. And what they've done is actually went back and this was all about the civil rights act in 1964 Mm -hmm. when that is why we spend so much time on that piece of legislation is because now, and that's where Gorsuch really came in, and Gorsuch wrote the opinion saying that because it says um, you cannot be discriminated on by the basis of your sex in the Civil Rights Act of 1964, that includes everybody. Yeah. Uh, and that includes sexual orientation and sexual preference, and that includes all those things. Uh, and so that was, a, that was a huge ruling. And I, I was, right after that ruling, one of the podcasts I listened to, it's a military podcast, um, it was this individual. He's he was a marine, and he actually interviewed one of his one of his soldiers who got kicked out of the army back in two thousand nine because he admitted that he was gay. Mm-hmm. And they sort of had a really powerful back and forth conversation about how and this uh, this person who who does the podcast, he's known as Uncle Chaps, really talked about how he just like regrets. Like, he didn't do more. He was in a position to do more, and he just didn't do more because he was worried about his career. And thinking back on it, he's like, my career was nothing because he lost this career. Um, and I think we're going to look up, we're gonna look upon this in 10 years from now when we eventually do teach this in AP Gov, and it's part of our standard curriculum yep. that we have to teach and could easily be a Supreme Court case that we have to know for AP Gov. We're going to look about it and be like, this is a no-brainer, but why did it take this long? Right. You know, why did it take, you know, up until 2020, I'm 28 years old, that, like, now, yes, you can get married. Great. You can also have protections. Like, you can't get fired because you're gay. Like, that's a big thing. All right. So, we're back. Uh, Coach Sanders had to do a quick dad moment right there. Casey, his his four-year-old? 
Two, the three? Three-year-old. I couldn't remember. Three-year-old. I had a little cry fest. Were uh, you taking notes? I was taking notes. That was actually not a bad little parenting moment That there. was a good parenting moment. She went from crying to fine in probably under two minutes. Uh, why is she against swimming? Uh, there's absolutely no reason. It's because she's three. Just, just three. Okay. Yep. She is the kid that when Luke was trying to learn how to swim earlier, she would be like diving in the water. Mm-hmm. Like I literally about broke a rib like diving across the pool to grab her from jumping in the deep end. Um, so she's fine. It's just like a lot of kids, like there's going to be a lot of unforeseen stuff with COVID and she has had me for three months mm-hmm. and now she has to go to get in the pool with somebody else yes. and she needs to not be, uh, there, there needs to be some separation there. Yes. Um, and so, but, but to help us with that transition, daddy will go put his swim trunks on mm-hmm. and, uh, we'll, we'll try to prevent the tears. That's awesome. Uh, um, so a second Supreme court case that yes. happened this week that upset president Trump, um, DACA. Yes. The Dreamers Act, which we haven't really talked about that much. It was a, it was a last year's topic. Um, so for those who can't remember, the Dreamers Act was basically that you came here to the United States basically not on your own, but because your parents came. Right. You were if protected. You, if you were a minor and your parents illegally came to the United States, you would be covered under the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, yes. otherwise known as DACA. And the reason this has been so controversial is President Obama was not able to get it passed as a full piece of legislation. Mm -hmm. The DREAM Act itself uh, was never actually debated and voted on in Congress. And so it it was an executive order by President Obama. Uh, And one of the main things that Trump said early on when he came into office is that he didn't like that. No. Uh, And he wanted to get rid of it, just like he wants to get rid of most things done by President Obama. Um, And that was overruled by the courts. Uh, and it's taken a long time to go through, uh, but John Roberts, again, a Bush-appointed Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, uh, ruled and wrote the majority opinion saying that no, he didn't rule that DACA was constitutional. Mm-hmm. He ruled that Trump's getting rid of DACA was not done the right way. Yes. Uh, and it was more about logistics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he didn't say whether or not he would rule against DACA in the grand scheme of things, but more so you've got to know how these things are done and you're trying to cut corners. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a really important when you look at these Supreme Court decisions um, and you have to read past maybe a tweet. Um, you have to sort of, this is where you have to read the, what the ruling is going to be, the majority ruling. You mean all of life can't be explained in 140 characters? No, it really can't. Or 280 now. 280 now. But like, you have to read a little bit more because this, I, exactly what you said, this is not saying, hey, DACA is, is good to go. It's just saying that President Trump can't get rid of it the way that he wanted to get rid of it because it still affects, you know, you know, hundreds of thousands of individuals. Like, what are we supposed to do with all these individuals? Are we supposed to now go collect them and then send them across? Like, it's, it's not going to really work. Right. Um, and so and a, lot, a lot of dreamers are our age. Yes. Probably more so yours than mine. But, like, they're, they're working in the medical field. They're nurses helping yeah. fight COVID. Um, and... To, I mean, we're talking about 800,000 hardworking Americans, really. And I know the term Americans there gets a little wonky. But, I mean, you don't, you don't make decisions on what your parents are doing when you're five. No, you don't. If, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, when I was in the third grade, I think, third or fourth grade, we were a month away to moving to Belgium. Like, house, really? house was going up on the market. Dad was looking because my dad was going to leave a company. Um, and he was, he was going to leave the company he is with right now. And we were going to move to Belgium. And, like, that was a really real possibility. And I, at being in the third, fourth grade, I had zero say in that. All right, whatsoever. If we were moving yeah. to Belgium, we were moving to Belgium. Just like when we moved from Bellingham to Lancaster, they did not consult four-year-old Peter 
hey, are you good with this? No, you move. So this is why the Dreamer Act was put in place to begin with is because you did have all these people that are your kids' age, Luke uh-huh. and Casey's, that like they went across the border and did no fault of their own. Now they're here. What are we going to do with them? Yes. Like, well, how are we going to treat them? And so a lot of them have taken care of, like have taken a chance of their opportunities, have gone on to college and gone become doctors and nurses and police officers and in the military. I mean, so President Trump's not really happy. He's actually talked about, like, new Supreme Court and you got to get new justices on there. But i got to understand that, like, some of these are his people. Right. You know, two of these it individuals. It is a conservative Supreme Court right now. Everyone looking at it would agree with that. Um, and he said that the Supreme Court doesn't like him right now. But here's what I think most people would agree This isn't about him. No. Like, not everything is about him or personal. Um, there, there's a lot more things at play here. Uh, and that's that's one thing that I've talked to several people. There are more big things happening right now in our country than either of us or many people much, much older than us mm-hmm. have seen in maybe their entire lifetime. But the only thing that comes close to comparing to this is 1968. Uh, except I feel like we've had almost like four years of 1968. Uh, and then this year has been just a boy. The longest 2020. Man, I mean, it's just. I feel like I feel like it should be like December with all the stuff that's happening, and we're we're just halfway through. Yes, um, I'm gonna lose some hair figuring out how to teach this in years to come, um, and I'm not gonna have much hair to. to Maybe spare there's gonna point. be a good movie that's made. I'm sure there Maybe is. Maybe we'll just pop in a movie. We'll pop in the DVD. Go to Netflix. There's been a, there's been a few jokes made about uh, some teachers just watching movies about these things to explain it. One hundred percent. Um, all right, any other big topics you want to talk about? I mean, the Supreme Court, not only they, they declined a Second Amendment case as well mm-hmm. uh, that could have strengthened Second Amendment gun rights. Uh, they declined to listen to that case at this moment. Um, there's, there's been lots of kind of things, especially with the way the ruling was made. Yes, Trump could then make an executive order just to kind of fill in the last little bit of DACA, uh, but it would really push everything basically to the election with mm-hmm. further court action. Um, uh, and I think next week I would really love to talk about the VP selection process. Did you, did you see what Klobuchar said last I night? I did not, no. Klobuchar has come out recently and said, I think it is time for Joe Biden to pick a woman of color as the VP. And she basically, bef- two months ago, she was the favorite. Okay. I, she would have been the one that I would have bet on to be the VP. Uh, and since then, she basically has taken her name out of the hat and given the nod to either Kamala Harris, uh, Val Demings, a uh, congresswoman from Florida, or the, the new kind of candidate uh, is the Atlanta mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, uh, who I actually listened to the other day, and she is a... Can we just... How crazy that would be, a mayor? Yeah. I mean, that's a... That's a well, we almost job. had a mayor as the I mean, that's true. Nominee. I mean, you, you almost have a mayor as a nominee, but a mayor to vice president is a massive jump. And this is, and this is what's... I think this is a really good example of how politics... You can be a small fish and get thrust into that big pond like right away mm-hmm. as long as you're doing good things and it's all about how you handle your moment yes so it's we promised we wouldn't talk about football but every game comes down to like three plays and you never know which three plays that's going to be and so like when you're the mayor of Atlanta you don't know if you're going to have an, an easy term that nothing's going to happen mm-hmm. or, I mean there's going to be stuff that happens but no big national moment and if you're the mayor of a city like that and you have a big national moment, how do you handle it? And if you handle it well, you can skyrocket up. And if you don't handle What's it well, What's a really good you example of that until recently where he, a lot of people have been unfavorable towards him is Rudy Giuliani. 
for Rudy sure. Rudy Giuliani got thrusted into the spotlight after 9-11 or the way that he responded. I mean, Democrats and, and Republicans alike all respected him and, and expected And, like, he just, you thought he'd be a future president. I was shocked he wasn't the nominee in 08. And I you, was shocked. Because, look, um, I grew up a kid of the South who pulled for the Braves and watched the Braves every night. And the 96 World Series was devastated when the Yankees came back and beat the Braves. But in 2001, I was pulling for the Yankees. Yeah. In that World Series, there's no most of the country was, and Giuliani was the guy in the middle of that. And that's I think that's just that's a good life advice in general is take advantage of your opportunities. I mean, not to go back to football, but when I was playing college football, I, you know, I was the, I was the fourth recruit they brought in for offensive line. I was the what they deemed as the fourth best guy. Mm -hmm. uh, there was only five guys brought in that my freshman class. For offensive line, they, we had a strong freshman. So we had a strong upperclassman already, and I was deemed as like one of the wor the worst guys when they brought us in. Um, and just through injuries from other people, and then a guy, a senior, having to take the semester off because of he would have been too many semesters. I got thrust into spring ball, being the left tackle, and took my opportunity, took advantage of my opportunity, and ended up starting for the next three years because of that. And that's, the, that's what you have to do in life. When you're given an opportunity to shine, you have to make sure you do that. You have to make sure that you're taking care of this opportunity because that's when things start opening up to you. And that's when you start talking a little bit about taking that leap of faith. And just like, all right, I have this opportunity. Let's go do it. All right, let's see what happens to that. If I fail, I fail, but I got to at least take the chance. Right. So moral story is be ready. You never know when your moment's going to be. Be ready. Be ready. So, all right, we'll see you next week. See ya. So today on the podcast, we have probably my best friend, uh, Caitlin, as I call her. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Got purple hair now, but I'm doing well. You, you got so. purple hair. Uh, you always have, um, you've had purple hair. You've had pink hair since I've yep. had you. Um, I'm not I've really had blue. I've had it all. Not really confident what your uh, actual hair color is. It is brown. Like a gross brown, honestly. That, uh, that don't have hair. Uh, congratulations <laughs> on having it in the only thing. Yeah. Good thing. And that's what COVID is for. Yes. That's what you should do. You do grow a COVID beard. I'm quite proud of you. I'm keeping it trim, like some people. <laughs> Friend, you're, she's married to a guy that has a beard on the Yep. True. Okay. Oh, that'd be a good podcast, though. Just talking about beards. Um, oh, yeah, that'd be a good one. So, Caitlin, the reason why I wanted to have you guys, you on, uh, besides the fact that you've been begging to be on this podcast for months. <laughs> I have. Uh, and you've gotten sassy with me about not being on the podcast, um, yes, is that you have a master's in education, which very few people, I feel like very few people our age, because uh, we're similar age, have a master's in education. Uh, mm -hmm. Sanders also has a master's in education at the Great Liberty University, which have not made the news whatsoever the past couple of weeks. Yeah, so that's, uh, you were you were kind of hounding me. Um, I'll say a couple things. One, Liberty's changed quite a bit in the last 11, 12 years. Uh, I mean, it's already, it's just like everything. It's kind of taken it what it was and then matched it. Um, and so it was already kind of trending in that direction. It's gotten much farther that way. Right? The best thing about Liberty for me was the flexibility. I, I never stopped working. Mm -hmm. uh, 
But see, I got my master's before all the You actually get paid. Caitlin, you, lucky, let's, lucky duck. let's talk about this. Um, well, first off, why, what is your master's? So and, I had a master's. Oh, sorry. You keep going. Uh, what's your master's? And then why did you get it? So I have a master's in science and instructional technology and design. Um, and I got it so that way I could have kind of like a more diverse, um, more diverse job options instead of like only being able to teach English like this with that master's, I can be an instructional designer for like a private company like Google or, um, well, Google's the only one I can think of right now, but, um, <laughs> or I can be like an instructional designer for Wake County, or I could be like an ITF, which is instructional technology facilitator for Wake County. Um, you don't necessarily get paid big bucks to keep working in education, but bigger bucks than what I'm currently making. So <laughs> that was, that was part of it. I can see you, the little Google. See? I feel like I would look good at Google. I'm just saying. I would. They have to wear the hat. They have the Well, I'd fit well there. Um, so you wanted to get your bachelor's for a little bit more first Um, so that's good. I got mine just for the same. <laughs> yeah, they weren't paying me when I got mine. And I'm still not currently getting paid for this master's, but, you know. No, I get money, which actually it really does kind of out of the one on that I have. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing: should I get my master's? Do you want to stay a teacher? One hundred percent. Then no. <laughs> yeah. Just get national board certified. Yep, got that. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. all three. All three. Well, your regular teacher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think a bill's gonna change. So there's no. You think so? That, yeah. There's no way. I'm showing too much of an outlier compared to the rest. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting is I actually, and you would know this, living in North Carolina your entire life, and you just lost the name. So my, I'm talking to my mom. Teachers in Massachusetts get fired every year at the end of at the end of the school year, and then get rehired at the beginning of the school year. Oh wow! So you got a pink. So basically, you like they can they can let you go. Like for my mom's beginning teaching, basically she got fired every summer. Wow! The first three years. I mean, you know, teaching is very different. Like teachers in. New York or Connecticut or Michigan. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, so, Caitlin, with your master's, all right, so design, how have you used it? Have you used it? Yeah, well, so unexpectedly, because of COVID and everything, all I've done basically is kind of used it um, at this point, like everything. So, like, my master's is based around um, asynchronous education and like distance learning. So being able to generate and create content for any company or like 
Wake County um, in order to teach from a remote location to those students. So like my internship for my master's was with Wake County with Canvas, basically like building content for um, kids who are like really high up in sports and so they don't go to regular school. Mm-hmm. They go to that, um, I forget what it's called, but it's one of the Crossroads Flex. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, so I built some English content for them. So like that was my internship. And then like other projects I did, like I worked for, um, um, it's a army. So they work with the army. Um, and so we, we made some stuff for like trainees, like um, kind of like target practice and also like battlefield practice. I don't have any experience with that, but we created the content for them. So like that, so yeah, I use it all the time now and I'll probably use it come August. Um, so, so speaking of August, what do you think the fall is going to look like? I mean, I think we're going to be back, but that's my like hopeful option. I think we're going to be back and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but mainly because I don't think they're going to say, hey, we need to spend this much money so that we, these kids have masks and the teachers have masks and things are cleaned and blah, 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 blah. I think they're going to say, okay, your classrooms are like 16 to 18 people. Good luck. And then have a great day. Like, I don't know. I just think, I think it's going to look more normal than abnormal, but. I would disagree. (laughs) Most people do. Everybody does. You're, uh, I think it's going to be weird. Yeah. First semester's going to be Well, I think that's what you're going to have to take it semester by semester. Set it up in a way that if you can go back full time, just go back full time. Mm-hmm. Number um, All right, what's, a, what's the long-term tip? Last question. What's one of the long-term things that impacts you? Um... A long-term change for my master's? No, no. because of COVID. Sorry. Oh, because of COVID? Oh, I think I think there will be a level of asynchronous education forever. Like the choice for kids to be able to stay at home. Like I think they'll be yeah. they'll give it they'll be given like a certain number of days that they get to choose to stay home. Like I think that'll be forever. Ooh, like like if individual choice. I think it's more than kids to stay at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, have you taken more from like a mental health day? Like, every, yeah. I think it's a mental health day. Because I know a lot of students that parents basically said, you get one question for the question. Like, mm-hmm. one mental health day. Yeah. And I think we're never going to have snow days again. Snow days as we do. Yeah, we agree. We agree with you there. No, but yeah. I definitely think that like North Carolina versus schools is much bigger. Maybe not run by the more run by the people. So maybe mm-hmm. in the future there will be exclusively online teachers. That yeah. Do each in Wake County. So like I would if you go anybody in Wake County for those that want to take it. I think that I mean I think something that's missing right now is all but like mm-hmm. county based uh, state so I agree I think there's definitely going to be that yeah and I think they might maybe they'll hire more ITFs because of this I don't know <laughs> right, well, we'll put in a good word if we ever get in yeah thank you we're, 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 we're trying to get on one of those we're, uh, we just want to yeah oh, wouldn't that be nice coming on. enjoy the lake house 
Thank you. Thank you, Kate. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. See you, Caitlin.